from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Always an honor and a privilege to be with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You're also watching as you're listening live on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage, you are also watching us here on Facebook Live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. So whether you're watching or you're listening, we thank you so much for being a part of your show. If you're hiding in your cubicle, cubicle, I can't say cubicle this morning. If you're hiding in your cubicle from your boss... Thank you for listening to the show. If you're at home or you're taking care of the kids or you're off at the fair, whatever you're doing, we thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast. And you can obviously listen to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora all around the world because we are streaming live on our internet uh, streaming radio and our internet streaming television. So you can pick us up anywhere in the world. I want to thank our viewers and our listeners from England from you know the United Kingdom in general as well as China, Russia, Italy, Spain, the list goes Mexico, Canada and the list goes it goes on and on from there. I want to thank you so much for being a part of the show. So we truly appreciate it. With that being said, it's time to hop into this second hour conversation and that is with Rob Long. As you can see on our live video feed in the right-hand panel here that we have that goes that goes uh, from the top to the bottom, tells you what we have coming on on the show. So our list of topics goes from the top all the way down. You just heard from Zach Mahoney. Rob Long is up next here on the broadcast. And Rob is not only a former punter for the Syracuse team, but Rob also has gotten involved in so many other pieces of our community and helping our community and building it up. You know, and, and for the lift and everything they do there and, and just to bring people together to not only, you know, go through his own battle and his own, you know, toughness of, of everything that happens with, with brain cancer and cancer in general and just all of the adversity that you face, but also to help other people. And before I bring Rob in here for a second, I do uh, hope that he doesn't mind the, the long intro. It takes it takes a strong person to face something like cancer or to face any adversity head on and to fight against it and to give it your all. It takes an even better person to go to someone else who has cancer or an ailment or is being bullied in school or just needs a helping hand or you know just needs a pick-me-up. It takes an even stronger person and an even better person to say, I fought my battles, I won those, now I'm going to help you fight yours. So Rob is not only someone who's an inspiration for fighting his own battles, but he's an inspiration for helping other people fight theirs. And with that being said, I bring him into the show. Rob Long is here with us live today. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for the uh, kind words, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, Rob, you're, you're always so humble. I can sit here and have a 10-minute intro for you, and it's just, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I mean, what keeps you humble through all this? Because I can only imagine how many people come up to you and shake your hand wherever you're at and and thank you for your fight and thank you for what you've done and ask you how you're doing. You help out so many people, yet you stay so humble. 
Why is that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's probably part of my personality, but part of the way I was raised. But I uh, kind of, I think I also understand, um, you know, uh, how life works, and I think it's you know good to give back, and um, you know, I think you know paying it forward at all um, works out in the end. So I think this is something that um, you know, you talked about a lot of what I've been through, and it's really shaped a lot of my uh, my personality and my outlook on life, and so. I just uh, been given a, a second opportunity to uh, make a difference and to you know hopefully have a, a better impact on uh, on this world and so I'm trying to take the take advantage of that opportunity to, to make the most I can out of it and so you know I, I think it's a little bit of everything but um, yeah I just uh, you know I, everything I've been through it's um, you know, it, it is a, uh, a humbling thing to go through. So um, I, I'm very grateful for everything that I have and, um, you know, that I'm able to, to be here and to, you know, do something I love every day and, uh, you know, have the opportunity to, to talk with um, yourself and, 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 you know, just live, live life. You know, for you to, to go through the, the fight that you went through, and I know so many people know about it, but, you know, there may be some out there today that, that don't know or maybe, you know, they, they don't know the full story. Just what you can tell us about, you know, kind of your road and, and going back to that, you know, the day that you were diagnosed to, to where you are today because you have had such a, a tremendous story that uh, is something truly remarkable and always worth kind of, kind of mentioning again just what you could say about your story. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think for, you know, those that are unfamiliar, it was, um, something that came out of nowhere and, um, you know, playing football and, and I had been fortunate enough to have a, 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 you know, a solid career at Syracuse and really thought I'd positioned myself to take that next step, uh, to go to the NFL. And, uh, that's what I was focused on candidly, right. It was what, what team was going to draft me, what NFL city am I going to end up in? And then, um, you know, one Thursday afternoon in, in December, uh, five days after the season ended, uh, regular season ended, we'd finally made a bowl game. Um, you know, hadn't been feeling well to see the doctor um, and uh, go get an MRI and then find out that, you know, there's a large tumor in my brain and, um, you know, everything that I had aspired for and dreamed of uh, went away in a matter of minutes and, you know, everything that I thought I wanted, thought I was headed towards, uh, disappeared, right? I, it was the, the NFL life, playing in the NFL, um, you know, everything along those lines went away. And then my focus just became, you know, how do I make sure I, I get to the next day? And, um, you know, that's where you talk about things being humbling. You know, you, you go from, you know, which NFL team am I going to sign to, to am I waking up in the morning? And so I think, um, it's really shaped, uh, a lot of, you know, how I view, um, my day-to-day life and, and what I choose to do with my life and my time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been quite a battle, right? I, I you know, from my initial diagnosis and, and prognosis of, of, a, a type of brain cancer that has a, a five-year survival rate of 15%. Um, and the doctors, you know, telling my parents that I, I likely wouldn't live another 36 months and I just turned 22 years old. Um, 
know, it was a, a tough thing to deal with. Um, but, you know, I, I took things a day at a time. Um, uh, I've been surrounded by unbelievable people and, and family and friends. Um, and I had amazing support from um, not only my, my teammates, but the entire Syracuse community, both on campus and off. And um, that's, you know, really led me to, to get through all of those times. And uh, so I try to give back as much as I can um, because of everything that the, the people of Syracuse and the university have provided me. I, I can never thank them enough. And, you know, now I'm here, you know, over eight and a half years um, from that initial diagnosis. And um, I just i am thankful for every day. And uh, it's been a blessing. Speaking here with Rob Long, a punter alum at Syracuse, and and obviously someone who is, has been a tremendous inspiration. You said eight and a half years from the diagnosis. Just you know, how have you lived your life? Did you did you feel like it had changed you? Do you feel that maybe you stopped and you know and and you know kind of what what people say you know stopped and smelled the roses? Did you did you kind of start to appreciate things more? Maybe a, a sunny day, maybe sitting down with a family member. Or, you know, playing, you know, for me, it would be playing checkers with my grandfather or, you know, playing uh, the war card game with my grandma or sitting by the pool with my mom or, or something like that, maybe fishing with my dad. Did things start to maybe mean a little bit more? Did it, was it a wake up call for you or, or did you feel like you had always lived your life appreciating every moment? Yeah, I, it's a good question. I think I, I thought I was pretty appreciative and, and had an understanding of, you know, how lucky I was when I was, you know, offered a scholarship to Syracuse when I, you know, got to to start as a freshman and, you know, got to play for four years and was healthy, you know, didn't have any, um, you know, issues. I never missed a game. Like, I, all those things, I, I always thought I was, um, you know, uh, grateful for all of those opportunities. And then you go through what I went through and it just, takes everything to another level i guess it it kind of amplifies really how lucky you know i was to do all that stuff and and how lucky i you know continue to be to you know the simple things that i appreciated you know being able to get up out of bed and and dress myself in the morning right that's not um you know you know something that is a given for everybody that goes through what i've gone through um and so for me, you know, that I can, you know, lead a life, you know, how I choose to lead it is, is, uh, you know, nothing short of a blessing and a miracle for me, um, given where I was at, you know, eight and a half years ago. So, um, for, for me, it, it did, it, it magnified, I think all those feelings of appreciation and gratitude that I had. And you, you do, you appreciate the time that you have with, with family members and close friends and the experiences that you get and, you know, you know, going exploring things, traveling the world and, and going to different parts of the United States and uh, really, you know, getting outside of, of just the bubble where I grew up or I went to school. Um, it's all those things that's become important to me that, you know, I value the time that I have with my wife and, my parents and my sister. And so, um, it's something that I, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for, um, you know, everything that I've had and, um, continue to have. And I, I try to do my best to, to give back, um, as much as I can. 
And, you know, for you, like you said, you know, it's kind of you thought you appreciated everything and then it kind of, you know, kicks it all into high gear and and puts a lot of things into perspective. How do you view life now? You know, when you're when you're going to the lift for life, when you're working with uplifting athletes, when you're, you know, going about your daily routine, just how has it affected your your day to day, so to speak? Uh, just it keeps the day to day in perspective. I, I think when, um, you know, like anybody else, if you get overwhelmed with, um, you know, uh, your to do list or what you have to accomplish with work or, um, you know, anything in your personal life that you, um, may be frustrated by. I think for me, I kind of am able to take a deep breath, sit back and say, all right, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. Um, I'm actually lucky that I'm able to, to be frustrated by this stuff, right? That means I'm able to, I'm able to work. I'm able to do something that I love and, um, that I'm able to have the relationships that I'm in and, um, the the friendships that I have. So I, I think it's just a perspective thing of, of understanding that, you know, some of the, um, adversity that you face or some of the troubles that you face, um, are really just a a gift and a sign that you're able to experience those. And I think it's those moments, um, you know, uh, of uh, difficulty that um, make the moments of, you know, jubilation and joy and happiness all that much better. Um, you know, I, I, I truly cherish every moment I get to uh, be with my wife and I love spending time with her and, you know, getting to see my parents and it's, it's stuff like that, I think is, um, there's a, a daily level of appreciation that I have that I think unless you've experienced something, you know, like I've experienced, um, that it, it's not always a given that you, you have that understanding. And, you know, speaking here with Rob Long, Syracuse football alum, and like you said, to go through that experience and, and to have that understanding that that the things that happen in life, you say, hey, well, you know, I'm happy that I'm here to have to, to you know, to, to deal with this because I'm alive, you know, because I, I have an opportunity to, you know, make a positive change. I'm not laying in a hospital bed somewhere. So many people let things bother them, you know, little things, trivial things in the grand scheme of things. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've been I've I've let the world get to me. I've let other people's opinions of me get to me at times. And, you know, you try to work through that. You let the past get to you. I tell people all the time that you can't live in the past because if you think of the past like baggage, you can only take one personal item and one carry out on a plane. If you carry your baggage from all relationships, Rob, you're going to go to you're going to go to the airport with, you know, 18 bags and you're going to have to check all those bags and that's going to cost you a lot of money and it's going to cripple you. And then who's going to carry all those bags when you get them out of baggage claim and you're trying to pull them all out of the airport? You know, that's that's so much weight on your shoulders. It's so much weight on you and it's and it weighs down the plane. You can't bring 18 bags onto the plane because. If you try to bring all those bags onto the plane, number one, it's not going to happen. Number two, if it did, it's way too expensive. And number three, it's going to weigh the plane down. The plane's not going to be able to fly, and that's kind of like your life. You're not going to be able to rise up and fly if you're pulling yourself down so much. Just what you can say going off of that, because baggage is something that 
I've had to realize in, in my own life and kind of see when other people are bringing theirs in. But I just feel like, you know, that's something that for me flying a lot, it's an analogy that makes a whole lot of sense, just what your take is on it. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great analogy and, and you know, very appropriate. I mean, it, it is um, something that uh, you kind of have to, you know, hit that reset button a little bit every day. Obviously, you want to take the lessons that you've learned um, and the mistakes that you made so that you can, you know, um, better yourself from those experiences. But, you know, at the same time, it, it doesn't benefit you to, to hold grudges or to, um, you know, keep this uh, pent up like anger or something over that, that something that's happened. It's um, really better just to try and, and move forward and, um, you know, take whatever opportunities you have and whatever time you have to, to just press forward and, you know, kind of put the blinders on a little bit and say, this is, you know, what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to be positive. You know, that, that, um, you know, how you um, approach uh, any situation or, or, or how you feel um, or how you choose to feel, it, it's a choice, right? You, you can choose to, to look at things in, in certain ways. And, um, you know, some people it's easier than others. And it's definitely not an easy thing to do to, to try and take a, a positive approach to things that would be otherwise re- regarded as, as negative or, or, or something like that. And so it's, it's really just a mindset of, of positivity and, and trying to surround yourself and put yourself in a position um, where you're surrounded by, you know, good people and doing something you enjoy and, um, you're, you're chasing the right things, right? You're not chasing money and fame, but, um, you know, happiness and, uh, seeking that type of things out. Um, I think the other pieces of it come together, uh, when you do that. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that. And it's funny how God works that, you know, you talk about not chasing money. And I, I just saw a post kind of come across the, uh, the the desk here this morning about not chasing money and and one of my uh, good friends you know talked to me about that in the past as as well and so I want to read the quote that was here because literally I was reading it as you said it because it kind of just popped up and it says as far as you know the world goes of of chasing money or you know chasing your dreams it says the secret to success it to, to success is operating in your gift not chasing money your gift is a magnet. It will attract the right people and opportunities to you, not money. And kind of going off of that is is what one of my uh, my good friends, Dominique Rhodes, had said to me. Dominique played with Peyton Manning with the Colts, and they won a Super Bowl. You know, back when Manning was was with uh, Indianapolis, and I and and I was just having a tough time, and I was down in Florida, and I was on a traditional radio down there. And I looked at Dominique and I said, you know, I'm frustrated. I do things the right way. I work my butt off. You know, I'm honest with people. I don't lie like salespeople do. I I work hard for the companies that sponsor the show or that would, you know, and I was just at a crossroads and he looked at me and he said, when are you going to stop worrying? And he said, I'm going to tell you something that somebody told me a long time ago and I didn't believe it right away, but I got it. He said, if you chase the money or he said, if you, if you chase your dreams, the money will chase you. If you chase the money, you'll chase it forever. If it's all about the money, you'll always be running after it. But if it's about 
your dreams and your aspirations and what you truly want out of life. That money will chase you down and it'll catch up with you. And he said, I never forgot that. I've lived that my whole life. And here's a, a Super Bowl champion talking about that. So, you know, kind of to go off of what you said, Rob, that people should chase their dreams, chase their calling, and not chase the materials of this world. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, and that's kind of what I, I've been fortunate to, enough to do is that, you know, I, I kind of chase this passion of combining you know what I uh, experienced in my life with sports and what I've experienced in my life with going through um, my battle with brain cancer and being able to to be the executive director of an organization like Uplifting Athletes and have that be my job where, you know, my job is, is literally to use the platform that athletes have in this country, help them realize that platform and then use that platform to benefit the rare disease community and to, to fund research, to, to make a movement around um, what we're doing to, to bring awareness to the the one in 10 Americans that, that, you know, deal with a rare disease every single day. And that, I mean, that's, it's 30 million Americans that we're talking about that, that deal with uh, rare diseases. And, you know, what I want to do is use the platform that we have as athletes and, and with athletics to, to help support that community. So you're, you're exactly right. Right. And that's something that I do now and I love what I do. Um, and I'm so lucky to do it. Um, and that's, you know, I don't think I could you know live any other way than um, really doing something that I wake up and I'm excited about every day. Speaking here with Rob Long, a former Syracuse punter, and obviously uh, will always be a member of the Syracuse Brotherhood for the football team. Rob, before we get into to this year's team in, in 2019 and whatnot, I want to speak on uh, on what you do with uh, the Lift for Life and, and Syracuse's chapter of uplifting athletes and, and whatnot, uh, raising more than $7,000 recently here. And, and for the people that don't know, just just what it is and, and what it does and, and, you know, what that day-to-day is because you just brought it up and, and obviously, you know, you've worked very tirelessly to make this something special starting from getting donations of maybe $1,000 to getting what you get now and just what you could say about what the uh, events are that you do and just overall why it's important to be a part of Uplifting Athletes and the Lift for Life as well. Yeah, so the mission of Uplifting Athletes is to inspire the rare disease community with hope through the power of sport. And as I briefly mentioned, we, we want to work to help athletes realize their potential um, and what their platform is to have an impact on on those who need that help. And um, so we work with a network right now of about 25 Division One college football schools. Uh, all those chapters are run by uh, current student-athletes. So they're really uh, just student organizations that are, are run by the football players. And um, there's two fundraising events every year with the Lift for Life in the summer and then Touchdown Pledge Drive during the fall. Um, but the idea behind it is to uh, really leverage the platform that we have um, as athletes and, and in athletics to support this community that is lacking the two things that college football um, has a lot of, and that's money and awareness. And so uh, what we do is take the, the money raised and to help facilitate our programs at Uplifting Athletes um, to, uh, you know, to fund research, to develop the leaders at these schools so that they can continue um, to develop themselves both um, personally and professionally. 
as well as raising awareness and to engage uh, the rare disease community with our chapters. So uh, through our research specifically, uh, we funded over $180,000 in the last 12 months through our Young Investigator Draft Program, which is something we're really proud of. Um, it's, a, it's a new program that just launched in 2018. We've had two Young Investigator Drafts within the last 12 months. And like I said, um, been able to fund $180,000 um, directly to those researchers so that they are using that money at their sole discretion um, the best way that they uh, you know, figure possible to have the biggest impact um, and to move their research forward. So um, it's something that we're continuing to grow and continue to build upon. We're hoping to expand the number of chapters that we have and, and uh, obviously the amount of uh, research money that we give. So it's something that, um, you know, it's been such a joy to, to work with. We work with um, unbelievable young men at these chapters, and um, really the future of uplifting athletes is, is really bright. I think we've only scratched the surface of what we can accomplish. Um, you know, right now we're, we're focused in college football because of you know my background and my colleague Brett um, being a, a, a Penn State alum playing football there as well. So it's the, the area where we're, we're most connected, but we'd love to branch out into other sports and just to really grow this into uh, a big movement uh, to support um, all of those affected by, by rare diseases. And, I mean, obviously a, a tremendous, you know, thing in our community and, and, and in any community here in the world to, to have something like that where you can really reach out and feel like you have a home and, and feel safe and feel loved and appreciated. And, and I think the biggest thing, Robin, and you can speak to this is, you know, not wanting to fight your battle alone. You know, nobody wants to be alone, uh, alone in a hospital bed, having to fight something. And, you know, there's times where, where people feel that way. And there, and there's, you know, it, we, I think we kind of take for granted that some people have a tremendous amount of support and, and some don't just what you can say to that, you know, making sure that, people aren't fighting battles by themselves and that they have support and that they have that love and that they know that they have that love. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest thing. And, and like I said, in the, in the beginning of when, um, you know, I, I came home from treatment every day. I had a, a mailbox full of letters and cards from people in the Syracuse community. And it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was truly inspiring. And I think, you know, I was so lucky in that, um, instance, you know, for the amount of support that I got, because I know that was not the norm. And, um, you know, I understand even, even with that, it, it's still, uh, you still feel you know lonely at times. And so, um, for, for those who don't have that, that level of support where they're not, you know, having, um, you know, entire communities and the mailboxes full of letters every day, it's, it's trying to reach out to those, those people and those families to let them know that people do care and people are fighting for them. I mean, I, I'm not sitting here today if there's people who I have never met and probably will never meet, um, but have taken time to, to uh, you know, their, their time, money, effort to raise money to fund research um, that ultimately, um, you know, led to a, a treatment for me that you know, wasn't really meant to be a cure, but just something that helped uh, to move the progress of my disease forward and um or the treatment for my disease forward and and it's something that's worked really well for me and um you know it's never lost on me that that there is plenty of people that uh play a role in where i am now and you know i talked about paying it forward and that's what i'm trying to do is that hopefully we can have an impact 
um, you know, for people down the line so that their experience um, is better than my experience and, and, and so forth and so on. So that's really, you know, what I, I'm trying to accomplish and trying um, to help put the organization in the best position possible to, to have that type of impact. And, you know, to look at not only what's happened in your life, but, you know, what's happened just at, at Syracuse alone with, you know, Sam Heckle and, you know, battling a rare blood disorder. He is now the starting center on the team. You went through a rare form of brain cancer. And and then Rex Culpepper, who, you know, I consider a friend and, and somebody who I, you know, I've gotten to know over the years has dealt with testicular cancer. You know, Syracuse's team in and of themselves has dealt with, you know, very, very difficult times. And you have, have had your battle and, and Rex has had his and Sam has had his as, as well. Just what you could say about that and, you know, maybe getting to know Sam and getting to know Rex and uh, maybe leaning on each other if, if you've been able to have that as well. I mean, you're right. Those guys you just talked about, they're all exceptional young men. You know, uh, Rex and Sam have been um, – you know, tremendous advocates for, for, you know, what we talk about. And, um, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to get to know them. And I think, you know, being able to, to talk to them and, and uh, kind of share my experience for me has been, um, it's been rewarding because I, I know that what I went through, you know, wasn't for nothing, right? I, I'm able to, um, you know, at least at it's, it's some level provide, uh, you know, a level of um, advice or uh, experience to, to those guys. And they've done a tremendous job of, of sharing their stories and being vocal about what they've gone through. Um, but it's, it's really something that, uh, you know, brought us, you know, closer together and, uh, you know, gotten to know Sam and, and Rex really well over the past couple of years. And so, um, you know, they're, they're tremendous advocates and they're a perfect representation of the people that, um, you know, we want to help. And they're in a similar situation to, to, to me in that they had that opportunity and they have that platform that, that most patients don't have. And, um, you know, I'm so proud of the way that they've stepped up and shared that with that platform because it's not an easy thing to do. And you talked about Sam's a starting center uh, for Syracuse this year. And, you know, it, may or may not have been in his best, you know, interest of the career, you know, career in the NFL to, to, you know, talk about what he's been through, but he did and he has. And, you know, I, I think it's something that, um, you know, he will at the end of the day, you know, find more rewarding than if he had tried to, to not talk about it. So, you know, like I said, I'm just so proud of those guys and, and how they've represented, um, you know, themselves and the university, um, for, for what, um, you know, for what they've been through. Speaking here with Rob Long, Syracuse football alum this morning on so many things bigger than football, uh, uplifting athletes as well as the lift for life. Sam Heckle, Rex Culpepper, his own story. And and we will uh, get back to that and kind of come full circle in a, in a minute here, Rob. But I do want to get to the 2019 team. Just what you could say about, you know, what you've seen from this team in recent history we saw three and nine followed by back to back to back seasons of four and eight before the team went ten and three, won a bowl game. Eric Dungey didn't know if it would ever happen. Dante Strickland, you know, guys like that just going through it, didn't know if they would ever be able to feel, 
you know, what it's like to, to get to a bowl game and, and get a victory. They do that at the Camping World Stadium for the Camping World Bowl down in Orlando, Florida. And, you know, Dungy stays healthy to do it. Uh, Dungy after it was very emotional. I got to ask him the question that, that, uh, that, that garnered that response, which, you know, I just asked him about his four years and everything he's been through. And, you know, he sat there and looked over at me in that press room and, you know, got very teary eyed and choked up of, of everything that it took to get there. And the fact that, you know, he just wants to compete, you know, he just wants somebody to give him a chance. So to see this team be led by that and to be led by that type of a human being and, and just what they've done, just what it means to you as a member of the Syracuse football alumni to see Syracuse have a season they had last year, which is something that, you know, uh, I know Dungy and, and you and so many players have been pushing for and desiring and wanting, and we finally saw it come through. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And I think you talk about um, the success they had, and, and even with the success that they had, I think they were uh, so close to – even being more successful right I, I think it, it they they did an unbelievable job and um you know what they've accomplished has been incredible and um you know coach babers really has things going in the right direction and uh it, it really is is really impressive what he's done with the team and I, i'm personally very excited to see what the future holds um you know i i th- i I don't believe that this is, you know, a flash in the pan type of thing. I think uh, there's uh, a culture that's been being built around, um, you know, Coach Babers and his system and his staff that these players have bought into. And um, I I think he's done it, you know, in places where he's been in the past. And so now he'll have the opportunity to sustain this and, and continue to grow the program. And, you know, I don't think he could be in a better position that if, if Coach Babers and um, his staff want to win a national championship, I think that um, he's in a situation, he's at a university that is supporting him, he's in a conference that can make that happen. Um, and the path to get there, I think, is is one that is doable, right? So, um, you know, I don't think there's a better situation and a better time, um, you know, for Syracuse football right now um, them, them where they're at. It's, you know, I think they've positioned themselves and what, um, John Wildhack has done and to, to solidify, um, coach Babers and give him full confidence in what he's doing to build the program. It's, it's really exciting. I think all the pieces are falling into place. Um, you have Tommy DeVito coming off of, um, you know, some time last year and we saw flashes of really, really exciting stuff and some extreme talent and uh, a very live arm. And I think getting him in there, give, uh, you know, making sure that he's the guy, he knows he's the guy now. Um, you know, I think there's a lot to be excited about. And, um, you know, I, I know I, like most people have, have great expectations for them, but I don't think it's uh, anything that they don't expect out of themselves. No, and I think that you know that's that's awesome and a great statement to make. And and you were a, a semifinalist for the Ray Guy Award. We have a punter now with Sterling Hoffrichter who has been tremendous. You know, from one punter to another one. I mean, from you and, and Riley Dixon. And I mean, there's been so much you know recently here on Syracuse's team that have been pretty amazing. You know, Riley 
to you to to what Sterling's doing right now. I think it's it's easy to say that you know he could very much be up for the Ray Guy award as well. Just what you think about you know passing the the torch so to speak and and what Syracuse has in their punter right now because I want to shout out Sterling and I want to shout out special teams because it doesn't get talked about enough. So what do you think about? Sterling Hoffrichter and you know where Syracuse's punting is right now as you were obviously a member of that rich history yeah I mean Sterling's a stud and I, I don't think there's anything any any doubt in my mind that he's uh capable of winning uh the Ray Guy award and really if you talk about the special teams unit as a whole what Sterling does with kickoffs and punting and Andre's done with field goals um I know Andre was a, a huge question mark going into to last year and um I mean boy did he did he did he step up and um you know what he's done you know for for the field goal unit i mean having that that you know that whatever the situation is is you can get three points um you know that i think that provides a lot of confidence in you know your your offense and your coaching staff um so what they've all done has been great i think it's the best special teams unit in the country and i don't know that there's know a lot of discussion around it you know sterling who you know i think could have and 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 should be a a right guy finalist and uh you know somebody that can win that and you know andre winning the groza i I, they're they're studs and um you know they're they're both great guys on top of that so i'm i'm looking forward to to seeing what they do this year um, watching Andre come back and, and follow up his performance and to Sterling um, building on a, a great career that he's had um, and continuing a, a tradition of, of guys that um, have punted there. You know, before me, Brendan Carney was great and, and Riley after me being, uh, you know, what he's become um, and being a, a stud in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I think as far as special teams are concerned, um, they're, they're an elite level of special teams and um that's gonna be i think a difference maker in more than a couple games this year um that will push them over the edge and can we speak to the the fact rob that you know special teams even though it's probably it's talked about the least you know we hear about the quarterback and the skill players and who's sacking the quarterback and getting after that and, and this that and whatnot but Special teams is a huge component of this, and you as a punter know this all too well. You decide where the other team is going to start off. You know, that special teams unit unit has to go, has such a big component from punt returns to punts themselves to kickoff returns and, and field goals and extra points and whatnot. You decide so many pieces of the game. One of the biggest pieces is where does the other team start on the field and where do you start on the field? How short is your field on offense? How long is theirs on defense? So can can we give some some more respect to the fact that the special teams units around the world have a direct connection to, you know, how successful or where an offense or a defense is going to end up? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge, huge piece. It's one-third of the game, and I think it's a a big piece of that. I mean, if you're putting um, your defense in a position that, you know, that team's pinned deep and, you know, they have to go 80, 85, 90 yards on a drive, I mean, your chances of success are going to skyrocket, and I think that's what Sterling can do, both from the kickoff spot and, and punting and, um, you, know, you talk about the development of the guys on the D line, like letting those guys pin their ears back. Um, you know, Syracuse has got some studs on the D line, and so those are those are guys that 
um, you're going to let them go and, and play ball. And now you're developing a secondary. You have Andre Cisco, uh, who's you know, a freshman All-American last year. And, you know, you're going to be forcing teams to convert, you know, long yardage downs. Um, you know, the, the ultimate level of success that you're going to have is, is going to go way up. And so um, I, I think it is a often overlooked and underestimated piece of the game and how big of a role that they can have. Um, you know, if your special teams aren't as good, right, it's going to be a lot more difficult for your defense and for your offense to, to either, um, you know, score points or to um, stop the other team's offense. So, you know, it's going to be a big piece. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I think um, what, uh, you know, Coach Lustig has done with, with those guys has been incredible. And, you know, I think he's a great coach. Um, and how he's uh, shaped the special teams there and, and um, allowed those guys to really flourish. So it, it is, it's a big piece of the game. It often goes overlooked. Um, but when you have a, a great punter and a great kicker um, and good operations, um, you know, you're, you're in a much better shape than, um, than you otherwise would be. And, and it's funny, Rob, you, you, well, the fact that you just said this could be the best special teams unit in the country and Cole Murphy, who was on this show as well uh, this week, said the same thing. He said this could be the best special teams unit in the country. Former kicker on the team, you're a former punter on the team. And you both brought up Justin Lustig, the special teams coordinator. Just what you can say about maybe what the difference is, maybe what his message is, because uh, Coach Lustig has, has gotten a lot of respect on my show here, and especially you know from, from the alumni like yourself, just what you can say about him and why is he so special? What is, what is it about uh, Coach Lustig that you just have, you know, such a, a positive feeling and, and gives him such a, a positive rapport with, you know, the not only the alum, but with the current players as well? Oh, I think, um, I, you know, from the moment I met him, I think he was a great guy. Um, I think that's a big part of it is that he has that personality. He is the type of person that, you know, I, I would want to play for in a heartbeat. Um I think he cares about the kids. He cares about their, their on-field and off-field success. Um, he's extremely knowledgeable about the game. He asks questions. He learns more. Um, you know, doesn't assume that he knows everything type of deal. Like, he, he's always learning, and, and I think the players see that, right? And they see, you know, how knowledgeable he is and how good he is at what, he's, uh, what he does in coaching. And, um, you know, he's you know, promoted to an assistant head coach. Um, he's somebody that I think is um, an underrated piece of the entire staff that, you know, what he brings to the table um, in, in providing, you know, uh, Andre and, and Sterling and putting those guys in their best position to succeed both in practice and in games, making sure that they're in the right mindset um, for what they need to do to perform. And um, it is, it's, a, it's an underrated part of, the whole uh, equation is that you know if you have somebody on the sidelines who uh, really believes in you and um, you know wants you to, to succeed and, and puts you in every position to be successful, it goes a long way um, to your on-field success. And I think you know what Sterling and Andre have accomplished is is a direct reflection of that. I think um, you know those guys have worked extremely hard. They're obviously extremely talented. Um, but, uh, 
uh, there's a lot of guys that work hard and that are talented and, and don't end up being successful. And I think um, that you know what they've accomplished personally, um, you know, on the field has been aided um, by Coach Lustig and what he's done. Yeah, you know, and, and obviously, you know, what this team has, has been able to do in, in our recent history shows what they've been building over time and, and what these coaches and these players have been doing, uh, you know, under under those lights where nobody sees and in those practices that nobody can view and in that film room that's, you know, got the door locked and the guys are sitting in there paying attention to it. So, Rob, kind of in closing here for you, what are the, the biggest positive and the biggest question mark of this year's team this season? What would you say is the biggest positive on the team and what's the biggest question mark to circle? So I think the biggest positive is, is the uh, stability that they've had with, uh, within the program, right? I mean, coach Babers has established his, his culture, his staff. Um, the players are there. I think, you know, at, at all the important positions, um, I mean, almost throughout the roster, you have guys that have game experience and, um, you're you have guys that are, are walking in the teams you know becoming more mature and you're not it's not all you know freshmen you know that are playing now these guys have game experience and I think that's something that should be really exciting to the fans is that these guys are really starting to get an understanding of of ACC football and how they need to prepare and perform on game days so for this team, this season, I'm going to read you the schedule, and and every uh, all of the alumni that I've had on is have given me their thoughts here. Syracuse is at Liberty to start off the season, then at Maryland, Clemson, Western Michigan, Holy Cross at home, then at NC State, home against Pittsburgh, at Florida State, home against Boston College, and stepping forward from there, they're at Duke, at Louisville, and then home against Wake Forest. They only have back-to-back road games in November and to start off the season. What are your thoughts on this year's team record-wise and how they could finish? Well, uh, I think you know you look at the schedule. You know, any any fan media member is probably guilty of you go through and you, you put a, a W or an L next to each one, and you know when you go through that for what you've seen, um, you know, on the field last year. I mean, it's really it's really hard to come up with many L's. Uh, for that team and, you know, what they can do. I think if they play their game, they they, they buy into to Coach Baverson's system again, that they, they believe in themselves, they play with a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, I, I don't see, you know, you know, if any, you know, any opportunities that, um, you know, that they can't take advantage of. I mean, it's a, it's a, a schedule and a situation where you're in a Power 5 conference and, um, you know, you have some teams that, you know, aren't playing at the level that they've played at in the past, you know, with regards to Florida State struggled last year and they've been a perennial power. Louisville has had a down year last year and they've been, um, you know, an elite program. And obviously Clemson is what Clemson is. And I don't think anybody disputes, you know, their talent and, um, and their ability. But um, when you go through that schedule, I think there's, there's winnable games at every every week for, for for Syracuse and it comes down to um, you know believing in themselves and, and and doing what coach Babers asked them to do and buying into the system and if they do that week in and week out I mean I, I think you're looking at a lot of excitement um, towards the end of the year in in central New York and 
you know, I think you're going to be garnering a lot of media attention, a lot of national attention. I mean, how, you know, I, I know it's been at least uh, probably, you know, a decade since they uh, started in the preseason top 25, if not longer, probably what, 91, maybe 2001. Um, but uh, it, it's been, it's been a while. And so there's a ton of excitement around uh, what this team can accomplish. And I think, if they um, you know, continue to, to buy into what they're doing and don't believe kind of their own hype a little bit, um, I think the sky's the limit. If they go out and play, they're going to be a good football team and tough to beat. Yeah, and it's crazy. And you brought it up, you know, last time Syracuse is ranked in the AP's top 25 in the preseason was 1998. So it's been a, a very long time. And, and Syracuse has been – you know, defeating things kind of all the way through, you know, not being not being in the top 25 in both the AP and the coaches poll in the same season had been 17 years since they had done that. Uh, first time starting 4-0, and was that didn't happen until, uh, it was back in 1991 that it happened and then it happened again. So that was 27 years for Syracuse. The last time they did that was Marvin Graves and now to see them in the AP Top 25, the Coaches Poll Top 25 in the preseason, and the majority of the ACC media kind of surprised me. I picked Syracuse to finish behind Clemson in the Atlantic Division, and so did the overwhelming majority of the ACC media. Going off of what you said as, as we you know get ready to, uh, to come to an end with our conversation with Rob Long, which we always appreciate having him on the show, what's your words of advice for this team? Because... They have gone in and gone three and nine, four and eight, three years in a row. The ACC media, majority of the time, picking them to finish seventh out of seven, six out of seven, no chance in the AP, no chance in the coaches poll, no respect nationally. A lot of people laughing the team off. And yet here we are with a team that has all these accolades, has a bunch of players up for awards already, a lot of preseason respect. What are your words of advice to the team that now that there is hype, now that there is respect, now that there is a lot of eyes watching them, what would you say to the team about how to handle the fact that they step into this season totally different than they've stepped into many others as far as how the outside is looking at them? Well, I think there's two things. I think the main thing is you got to put the blinders on and play football. The other thing is, the other way to look at it is that um, – you know, they know what it's like to be picked to finish last, to be given no respect, um, to go into every game knowing that you're the underdog. And now that's not going to be the case every week. But what they do know is what that's like. And so they know what that other team is thinking that's lining up across for them. So if they don't want to end up like what they did to every team last year, then they need to know that, you know, those teams are going to be coming in. Now they got a little bit of a target on their back, right? People are going to say, oh, these guys think that you know, they're the, the second best team or the best team in the ACC. Well, no, they're not. Like, you know, we'll, we'll prove that wrong. So now you're going to get everybody's best shot. You know, while everybody may have been overlooking you or, or writing you off when, you know, other teams were going through their schedule, they you know, put a W next to Syracuse. Well, you know, now that's not the case anymore. So – it's really going to be, um, you know, people gunning for you. So that's where you got to put the blinders on and play ball. That coming from Rob Long, Syracuse Orange football alum. Rob, just a, a final piece for you to bring everything 
full circle, just what you can say to people that are dealing with adversity right now. I mean, you had a rare form of brain cancer. I, I can only imagine the things that went through your mind as to, and maybe, you know, before I ask that final question, what did go through your mind? I mean, did, did you sit there and think, I'm going to, you know, because it's brain cancer and, you know, this, this is where your thoughts come from. This is where, you know, that brain tells the body to do everything. So were you thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my ability to speak, to remember, I'm going to lose memories. I'm, I'm going to forget how to eat. I mean, did, did you, did you have any sleepless nights of, you know, that kind of the fear of what was going to come from that? Yeah. I mean, definitely. It was, I, there was, you know, plenty of nights in the beginning where I just didn't know if I was going to wake up the next morning, um, you know, based on what I, what I was going through and what, you know, had, had been told to me. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, thought that I was going to die. I never you know, really, you know, could wrap my head around the whole thing. And it was, you know, it was, it was terrifying. Um, you know, it was something that, you know, I didn't know what to expect, expect and, um, the hardest thing was that uh, nobody could tell me that, um, and you know everything was going to be all right. And that's the only thing I was you know, looking for was, you know, for a doctor or somebody to just say like, "Hey, like we got this," and you know nobody could do that. And you know, that was a tough thing to deal with. So, you know, what I say and, and I try to tell people in that situation is, you got to take things a day at a time. You know, you're, you know, there's two ways to go. You can you know, you know, be positive and try and get better and be a better person, um, you know, on a daily basis. And that's how you can live your life and every day that you have, or you can, um, you know, choose to, to be miserable and to, you know, uh, go the other way. And, you know, I made a decision in the beginning that I was going to, you know, talk about my story as difficult as it, as it was and, and share that and, and just continue to move forward um, as best I could and, and get better and, and put myself in a position to get better for, uh, my family. And, um, you know, if things worked out, then that's great. Um, and if not, then I did everything that I could and I, I tried and put myself in that position to be successful. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we don't control everything, but we got to do our best to do what we can to control it. So, um, yeah, just taking things day at a time and, and just trying to get better, even even if it's a little bit uh, every day. You are a walking miracle. Does that sit with you? Does that, you know, kind of kind of hit you at, at certain times? I mean, you're you're a husband, you're a son, you're a friend. You know, you, you are a part of uplifting athletes. You're an inspiration to so many people. You're also a miracle in the grand scheme of things. Does does that ever hit you? Um, you know, sometimes I, you know, I feel lucky for what I've been through. I, I don't ever feel, you know, particularly you know special or, or or gifted or anything like that. But you know, I just feel lucky that I'm able to, to be me and um, you know, just uh, try and and bring you know happiness and comfort to those around me. And um, you know, I. I know I've been lucky. Um, you know, I, I'm very aware of that, um, and it's why I, you know, have chosen to to try and um, you know take advantage of, of what has been gifted to me and uh, to make the most of it. Um, 
you know, I try to, to, to give back and to, to be a good person as, as much as I can every day. And, um, you know, that's really what, uh, you know, drives me and, and keeps me going is that, um, you know, I've been given a special, unique opportunity and, um, you know, as best I can to give that back and, and to, to share my story so that others can, you know, see that there is um, you know, a light on the other side of, of all of this. And in the final note, Rob, here is as we have our Syracuse Orange uh, football alum, Rob Long, here with us. Just what your advice, uh, whether it's cancer, whether it's uh, any type of, of rare disease or it's, you know, the, the loss of an arm or the loss of a leg, maybe the loss of, of eyesight or the loss of a loved one or somebody going through heartache in a relationship or bullying in school. They can all be grouped together in dealing with adversity. What are kind of your key ingredients? You know, every Tuesday we do a segment called The Ingredients to Success brought to you by Utica Pizza Company and, and it's a Utica thing. And, and we really try to dive in deep to you know how we can help people out there what are your ingredients to success uh i think hard work um and um dedication and passion to what you're doing i think if um you know things things aren't easy uh, and i think that's the the biggest thing to take away is that um there's a lot of hard work that goes into you know success and and even times happiness right it's um you know, nobody's going to hand you anything. Um, you know, it's, you have to, to take things upon yourself if you want, um, you know, if you want to see success or to be happy, um, you know, you have to take responsibility for that. Um, and I, I think that's an important thing. If you take ownership and responsibility, uh, of your life and, and, um, you know, your emotions, then, um, it's a, it's a powerful thing, right? That, that, you know, puts you in the driver's seat and, you know, you can, um, you know, control to, to a certain extent of, you know, how you want things, you know, how you allow things to affect you. And, you know, there's going to be bad days, there's going to be sad times, but, you know, things get better and there's so much positivity and goodness and love in this world. Um, I think it gets drowned out at times, but there really is. Um, there's a lot of good people in this world, um, and I've been fortunate to come across many of them. Um, and, and it's just, uh, you know, having a, a life to live is, is a gift. Um, it's a blessing. Um, don't take it for granted and just make the most of it. And, you know, you talk about um, you're chasing that passion and, and everything else falls into place. I, I really do believe that, um, you know, you, you got to be doing things for the right reason and and allow you know put yourself in the right place with the right people around you and good things will happen that coming from rob long as always uh, rob we appreciate everything uh, that you bring not only to the show today but to life in general you know you've spent uh, ample time with us today speaking on a lot of different things and as this season goes on i'd love to have you back on the show and more than anything else you know, I think with uplifting athletes and some other things out there that, you know, you and I should talk and, and try and see, you know, how I can help and, and what else we can do because you have been a, a tremendous inspiration and just a, an overall amazing person. So I'd love to say that I have the perfect words to say thank you. And speaking for a living, I, I would like to think I know him, but I really don't have the uh, the words for you. It just uh, it, it means a lot to me what you do for other people 
for the for the community and just kind of the drive that you have and and the way that you approach things so humbly and and so real and, and I really uh, I don't have the perfect words for you I just I honestly do want to say thank you for being the person that you are and I'm really really happy that you're surrounded by love and and I'm so grateful to God that you know we've we've had you through all this and that you can live to talk about the rare disease and hopefully never experience it again and and help other people get through it yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Congratulations on all your success. And, um, you know, anytime you guys uh, want to have me on, I'm more than happy to talk. All right, man. We'll be good. And I'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a good one.